Welcome along to the Drop the Label podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. Labels are all around us. We use them freely and often without thought. This podcast is an exploration of various labels discussed with various guests from different perspectives. We want to get people thinking about labels in their simplest form so that they adopt those that serve their higher self and drop those labels that hold them back in life. Thank you for listening. Will you drop the label? This podcast is brought to you by RT Fitness Durham and Sunderland, home of Team Carnage and the Barbell Club. We are the North East's premier transformation facility, taking you from absolute beginner to photoshoot ready. You just got to do the work. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at the Barbell Club or RT Fitness Durham and Sunderland or over on our website www.rtfitness.uk. On today's episode, I had a good old catch up with James Simerson from Stoic the strong silent type, a label that awarded him positive recognition at school, James found himself struggling in later life through behaviours adopted due to that one label. Burying feelings and emotions and putting on a brave face even when things were becoming simply too much. We also chatted about celebrity and the fact that it should come with a mental health warning and using labels to excuse certain behaviours, often the negative ones. Enjoy. Hello and welcome along to Drop the Label podcast. Today I have James Simerson. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, hi, I'm James Simerson. I, uh, I work in insurance. I'm an ex-member of RT. Um, used to come a few years ago, which was great fun. Mm-hmm. And now, um, yeah. I love how you say ex-member. Everyone's going to be like, ooh, why did he leave? <laughs> I moved away. I moved north. <laughs> Went to the bad side of Gateshead. The bad side. <laughs> Went to the dark side. But yeah, yeah no, I, I, I do miss the place. It is. It's great to see how it's trans- transformed over the last couple of years. Being mental coming back after COVID. Oh, I, oh, I can imagine everyone getting yeah. getting on it. It was like, go hard or go home when we came back. <laughs> Had to be. So, labels. Yep. I'm intrigued, right, as to whether or not anyone responded to your story the other day. So you posted on yep. your Instagram story yes. yep. um, that you were doing this podcast. Did anyone have any labels for you? Um, Ish. I got. I think I got four or five responses back, and they were all based around the fact that I work with fish. So it was like <laughs> fish guy, fish boy, um, fish fish man, and that was that was it. I, one one person came back and said, "Be just beautiful bastard." Right. And, and, that, was, <laughs> and that was it. Um, I, I wasn't expecting anyone to really come back with anything sort of deep or um, deep and meaningful, or actually sort of. Constructive, I, I think people are quite shy when it comes to sort of their own opinions about things and maybe sort of making that, that step to say, I think you are this or that. And so I, I was interested if anyone did and sort of would be able to get past that mm-hmm. um, sort of, not insecurity, but you know, a bit just a bit of shyness. But and yeah, yeah. No. no one did. <laughs> so, you know, it was, it was interesting just to do it and find out and see what was going on and yeah, if anyone would surprise me. Yeah. I do think it, it, it is one of those topics where some people are, are totally willing to open up and talk about it yeah. and others kind of need a nudge before yeah, they go, mm, yeah. okay, yes, this is what label I would give to you. Yeah, yeah, and I think people are very scared about offending people, especially oh, these time. days, and they don't want to say something that may cause offence or someone to take it the wrong way. And, you know, if, 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 if someone had come back to me and said, whatever, then... You know, it may have sparked a debate, a conversation, just a bit of a chat. But I would, mm-hmm. if someone came back and said, you know, I think you're whatever, then, I, you know, I wouldn't take it as, unless they call me a 
sort of see you next Tuesday, then, <laughs> <laughs> um, then yeah, I wouldn't have taken it too badly. Yeah, I think that's a thing though. Obviously, throughout doing these, the vast majority of labels that people give to others, they do so from a negative perspective. Yeah. So yeah. I think yeah. that's always the worry. Yeah. If the negative connotations attached to those labels, even if you don't mean them in that way. Exactly, and um, it's, it's, uh, it's always easy to look at the negative side of things, you know, as human species, you know, we're always looking out for danger, we're always trying to find the things that, you know, you remember what doesn't work, and that's how our brains are wired to sort of, to learn and go forward, so we always look for the, look for the negative aspects, rather than going, you know, that was lovely, and trying to remember those, those mm -hmm. good things. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, people always try and, I, I do it myself, I sort of, you know, whenever I think about myself and how I'm doing, it's always the negative aspect, not the, not the positive things. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, obviously you asked the question at large, and yeah. everyone sort of shied away from it. Have you been doing any um, self-reflection, James? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I had a bit of a sort of tough end of last year, and I've gone through sort of some uh, sort of speak, uh, talking counselling and things like that, and through that process, you, you know, you have your own labels and the, thing, the sort of the baggage that you hold on to yourself and how you, right. how you move through life and how you feel that you are perceived. Um, and so, so one of the things that I helped sort of hold on to and still held, um, sort of held on to, I think, a bit too much was that I was the sort of the, sort of the strong and silent one. There's a, um, when I was at school, there was a, a prize for being this thing called stoic, which is, you know, that sort of, you know, you just let everything not wash over you, but you try and um, just keep put on a brave face and keep keep going. Yeah. So when I was, I think it was when I was about 13, I broke my ankle playing rugby and I just went, well, you know, I've got a broken ankle, fine, just crack on and just do the best and still participate in school and things like that. And at the end of the year, I was given this this prize for being being stoic. And I think from there, I've always used that as a sort of thing to say, well, I am this, therefore, in everything I do, I have to be just, you know, no matter how shit things are going or how unfair or unjust I think people are being towards me, I've just got to be, just put on a brave face, mm -hmm. smile and just go, yep, okay, fair enough. I hate it, but I'm just going to crack on and, and do that. And mm -hmm. yeah, so towards the end of last year, it finally sort of bubbled up to the surface and I was able to sort of actually talk, think about it and talk about it and mm -hmm. sort of really, Really put, sort of um, try and not put it to bed, but just you know let people around me know that you know things affect me much much more than I probably let on. Yeah. And that was yeah definitely a label that I, I had for myself, um, which I think some people see it as a good thing, being able to just crack on with it and being able to um, sort of you know just just get through the, the hard times. But um, for me, there were times when it was just you just taking on so much, and I think men are very bad at talking about. Mm -hmm. their emotions and mm -hmm. just um just yeah just just got too much towards the end right yeah. so that's really quite a negative thing to come from what was probably deemed positive yeah, obviously yeah. if they're given out an award for it at school exactly and that was my thing like you know I, was, I had a trophy I had this big sort of solid silver trophy for for being stoic and for for, for doing this and you know huh. as a as a 13 year old you think okay well if that's if I'm being rewarded for that sort of behavior, then that's what I am and that's what I need mm -hmm. to be. And I'm, when I listen to your, the, the chap talking about people at school and how quickly labels come into you and how you sort of assume them and take them on, and that was me just going, this is, this is what I need to be then. If this is what gets me mm -hmm. prizes and recognition and people go, oh, well done for you know, doing that, then that's what you sort of hold on to as, mm -hmm. a, as a child and think, right, that's how I'm gonna, 
go and be further, further on. And I don't think the school really sort of realised that that's, that was the sort of the long, maybe the long-term implication of be having that sort of thing being attributed yeah. to. That's crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So how do you think that label served you then? So obviously, at this, obviously, most recently, yeah, yeah. It, it hasn't, you know, served you, served you well until you've actually yeah, acknowledged yeah. and recognised yeah, it and yeah. worked through it. But did, how do you feel it served you up to that point? Um, I just sort of, I just sort of just quietly got on with it. Um, I think I, I messaged you after, um, after John's episode where he was, you know, very quiet at school and very sort of subdued. And I think I, when I went from prep school to, to, to secondary school, then I sort of took on that a, a bit more like that. I think I was, you know, a bit more quiet, a bit more um, reserved. I didn't want to, um, sort of show any negative emotion or try and sort of really, um, I, I, I just thought, you know, if I can portray this sort of strong and silent type, then that will, that will, that will serve me well and I'll just, I'll just get mm -hmm. through it. And then, you know, through, through school, being at boarding school, you know, it, is, it can be, it can be very difficult at times. It can be amazing, but yeah. you know, you then just sort of just, it's that sort of process of just starting to bottle everything in. Yeah. And then through any other, um, you know, I, I moved to Walkney for a long time for, for work and you just sort of smile and get on with it and go and have to sort of say to everyone, oh no, it's brilliant, it's great, when you might be having a, an awful time, mm -hmm. you know, because you're away, I was away from Sophia, I was away from my parents, you know, all my friends, I had to sort of, you know, go into a very new environment with new people, they sounded funny up there and, <laughs> so, and you just go try and push them out there, but then you just think, well, I've just got to portray this sort of confident. Yeah. And sort of just you know it, it doesn't bother me as mm -hmm. much as it as much as it does, and that's I think that's just sort of just gone through throughout my life. Yeah. So overall, would you say it was a negative, or do you think that it actually maybe has yeah helped you get through certain situations? It has, it has definitely helped. It's definitely sort of you know it's meant that I can sort of partition off bits and go right. I'm just going to just go out and do whatever it is and try and make the best of it and just move forward and crack on and you know be be present and not just sort of sit and wallow and just think, oh, woe be to me and all that. But then I think I just didn't have the, um, the sort of the safety net of someone to sort of, or just being able to sort of open up and being honest about it to friends or family or whoever and say, actually, you know, this is bothering me or this, uh, this has been tough mm -hmm. and trying to sort of push it, you know, used to push it further and further and further and further and further down. And yeah, sort of, yeah, end of last year, I just thought, right, I can't. I can't do this anymore. I need to talk, just start talking about it mm -hmm. and just, just get it out and get it open. And, you know, I think before you say, right, if I don't give auction, then it's, it'll just go away. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Just. Was anyone surprised when you did start talking about it? Um, I think so, yeah. I think Sophia was a bit surprised. I think she'd seen that I, you know, my, my mental health had just sort of deteriorated over a couple of months and I was just not withdrawing, but just sort of stressed, anxious, depressed, and that sort of stuff. And just, you know, I was, I wasn't quite myself. Mm -hmm. I, my, my parents noticed it, and then when I started talking to them, obviously, they, you know, they didn't realise how much it had affected me. But yeah, but they sort of, you know, it didn't. It wasn't a massive shock, but it was still a bit of a sort of like, okay, right, you know, let's, let's, yeah. let's sort of get through this. And I'm, I'm very lucky that the, the company I work for, we have um, sort of free mental health support. Right. Not because the job's difficult or um, stressful. It can be stressful, but it's not. It's not sort of. Um, it's not because of the work, but they, it's a it's a, a service they provide. So we get um, 
just free counselling sort of um, with no no sort of reporting back to the company so it's all kept right. anonymous and all mm -hmm. that sort of stuff and yeah it's really yeah that, that that was great to know to have I had that service and I can just pick up the phone and go right I need to, I need to talk yeah. to someone and just, yeah. just go for it you don't hear that very often about companies providing that kind no, of thing no and it's it is yeah we are we are very lucky to have just some very very good um, perks and support like that throughout the mm -hmm. company yeah. So do you feel better in yourself now that you've yeah. got it? Yeah, yeah, out in the open? yeah. And I think you know I've had a, a lot more chats with Sophia about it and my parents and sort of different friends and just saying you know actually I know I you know everyone lives their life through social media and showing the best bits and mm -hmm. you, whenever you whenever you try and talk to friends you say you, you don't want to weigh them down with the shit that's going on you want to have you know you want to go out for a nice beer or a nice meal or catch up and just talk about the good things of life you don't want to yeah. come out and say you know what. I'm fucking stressed. It's just awful, mm -hmm. and you know I'm, I'm not, I'm not in a good place. You you want to try and perk yourself up and keep it keep it going. So I think being able to now turn around and say, yeah, it's great. It wasn't quite so great. This is why it wasn't, and just try and have a few more conversations around that. Yeah, it's been it's been good. Good. Yeah. Good. It is. No, I get that though, because it is. It's a, everyone. Everyone always wants to portray the best. Yeah. Everyone yeah. does. Yeah. It's a, it's human nature. It's yeah. it's how people communicate how exactly. everything yeah, is i yeah. mean even even from a business perspective you know like you never see photos of a, a gym with no one in it no 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 or if you yeah you try and get everyone <laughs> in one corner going right let's just <laughs> but like you always try and put forward your, your sort of your best self or yeah, yeah. the good things that's going on exactly never yeah. focus on, yeah, on the yeah. negative yeah when Sophia and i were doing like a long distance dating so i was in orkney she was in london Whenever we met up, she would always get really frustrated because I'd never talk about where I saw our future as a relationship because I was so keen just to have a, a long weekend or a week and just be present in that moment and exist and just not have to think about having to sort of be apart and going, well, this is what I see for us. I just, I just didn't want to mm -hmm. weigh down that weekend with sort of serious conversations and things like that. I just wanted to just have as much fun as I could over a weekend and then go, right, you know, she wanted to nail you down to know when you were getting married. Not even just that. Just I think just you know just going you know is this is this still working? Is this still good? Are we are we are we happy doing this and not seeing each other for three months and then having a week and then doing things like that? Because it was it was tough. But you know we 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 spoke a lot on the phone and tried to sort of she always trying to tease out these little things like you know are you are you happy with this relationship? Is this what you want? And I was just like you know as long as I'm as long as we're having fun and enjoying each other's company and. Yeah. yeah, doing that then, yeah. How long did you just have to do that for? Uh, I was in Orkney for four years. <gasps> yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, she was, she was stu uh, studying and doing her masters. So that was a, a year and a half, two years. And then, uh, then she was working in London. Um, whenever I came back to the mainland to do any, any work with, with the fish there, then I would just try and then dot on a few extra holidays and go down and see her or she'll come up to Scotland and mm -hmm. sort of catch up and see each other and yeah then by by the end after I think it was into the third or fourth year that I was I think right now I need to I need to get out of here and just mm -hmm. just if if we are gonna have a proper crack at it then I need to be yeah. back on the mainland so yeah that's why I came in. <laughs> what was it like then for to go from having a really long distance relationship and seeing each other to like suddenly being like living with each other and so even that took three or four years to be properly living together. So I, I moved down, we moved, um, moved into a house in Durham and then she moved up, but then she then started a PhD. So she was in Scotland 
Monday to Friday mm -hmm. and then home for the weekends. So it was still that sort of yeah. quite transient life. And then um, it wasn't until COVID hit that we actually properly oh, lived God. together and sort of stayed together all the time. And yeah, she started a new job in Newcastle in, uh, in the December or January before COVID. And so, yeah, we were then commuting together and doing all that. And it was, it was, it was nice. It was good. It, was sort mm -hmm. of, it felt like a sort of, even though we'd been married two and a half years, we've been, we've been dating for 16 years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was suddenly then after all that time, you know, right, you're living together for the first time properly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine though, if you would like start living yeah. together through COVID and we're like, fuck, I fuck, didn't like this it. this is just awful. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was, it was one of the things like shit, you know, thankfully, you know, um, we can work in different parts of the house and stay away from each other all day, come, come together for lunch and then, and then fuck off and mm -hmm. <laughs> leave each other alone. And I think having that, having that space and the ability to sort of move around <laughs> was just that, I think that saved us. Yeah. Um, rather than if you were both working in the same living room and trying to sort of, yeah, she was teaching, I was on calls and trying to sort of time all that. It would have just been horrible, but yeah. It would have been a nightmare, like. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, excellent. <laughs> huh. I didn't quite yeah. know, I, obviously we've known you for ages, but yeah. I didn't know the full story of how long you had been separated for in terms yeah, of like yeah, living. Yeah, and yeah. We were talking about it last night and because we have a friend staying and she's asking about, you know, how long we've been together and all that sort of stuff and what it was like being long distance and, um, I think people, when people say, oh, you're doing a long distance relationship, that has its own sort of thing that people sort of envisage that you just don't talk to each other for six months and then you have a week together and then you don't talk to each other again. Yeah. But yeah, no, we were on the phone pretty much every day, you know, just catching up, seeing how we're doing. And then, you know, Skype was just about sort of there. So we'd have that sometimes. And mm -hmm. yeah, it was, no, it, was, it was good. It was good fun. Um, yeah. Cool. So back to labels then. Yep. Oh, data would. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, it's me. Um, I just like chatting to people. Are there any other labels of interest for you, either that, that you've given yourself or been yeah. given here or that you've encountered with other people? Um, I think when I was thinking about it for, for, the, for the show, I, I think one of the things I was sort of drawn towards was how people limit their behaviour by a label that they feel that they have. Um, I think going through school and university, you always had that sort of lad culture and mm -hmm. people trying to be a sort of, you know, I'm, I'm the way I am because of blah. And, you know, I behave a certain way towards women or in relationships or um, the way that people sort of just act in everyday life with sort of banter because I'm a, I'm a lad or I'm a player or I'm a whatever. And people then sort of use that as an excuse to, to be able to act and exist in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm seeing, you see it now more with, the odd time that you see, I see a Love Island thing pop up on sort of Instagram and try and, before I can try to fuck off, it's sort of, you see these things where they just sort of, they try and excuse their behavior because that, oh, I am this, therefore yeah. I can behave like an idiot mm -hmm. or, or not, not treat each other with respect or courtesy, you know, and I, I think that's just, people are too willing to almost hide behind these, these labels and these terms to try and sort of justify the way that they, just bash their way through life. Excuse their own behaviour. Yeah. Especially when it's substandard. Exactly, exactly. It's like, you know, I can't remember what it was. Is like, is it dining with my ex or something? That was on BBC a while ago where, you know, people would say, well, why did you cheat on me? And then the chap goes, well, you knew I was a player, so what did you expect? What do you watch, James? What's it called, <laughs> dining with my ex? I, I saw this thing flick up on... <laughs> 
it was during COVID, I was bored and just sort of scrolling through <laughs> some social media. I can't remember if it was on Facebook or Instagram. I'm pretty sure it was called like Dining With My Ex. So it's two people in a restaurant and on the plate, they have different questions written. Right. And so they're sort of sat opposite each other. They pulled, they pulled down the napkin from this bit and exposed what it says. And then they had, that, that person has to ask their ex that question like, you know, why did you cheat on me? Did you think I was unfaithful? And things like that. And then they have to sort of eat their meal and discuss this, <laughs> this thing. Hell. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try and I'll try and find it and send it on. But yeah, you have these things where, yeah, this bloke would just say, you know, I, I, you, know you knew I was a player. You, you know, you wanted to date me, but you, you knew this going in. So what did you expect that I cheated? Mm -hmm. And you've got, you stand in the looking going, but just don't. You know, be nice if you're, you know, in a relationship with someone then, and you're, you know, trying to be, if you're expecting them to be faithful and honest and all that, then the least you can do is back it up with the same sort of behavior. Mm -hmm. And just to try and sort of dismiss your substandard behavior by saying, oh, it's, you know. You knew I was a player, so deal player. with it. Yeah. You kind of just oh. go, oh, come on, we're, we're better than that. There's, yeah. Because that could be reversed. That could easily be reversed because you could say if she cheated on him, she could have behaved in a certain way because of his label. Yeah. So, well, yeah. you're a player. I knew you were a player. So I've played you at your own game. Yeah. Yeah. But then it would have been, there would have been hell on. Exactly. And if he, if, if he had said, you know, I can't believe you cheated on me. And she was going, but yeah, but you, this is the way that you behave. So I'm just mirroring mm -hmm. your behavior. So, you know, you can't, yeah, it's just, ah. Oh. <laughs> you're sort of watching it. It is like just car crash TV and you're watching it going just, what are you doing? Why? Just, <laughs> just be. Did you notice how you said, I was bored? Yeah. I had to watch something. So your substandard TV uh, schedule. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you were bored. I was bored. <laughs> I was bored. I have to excuse that behavior. <laughs> I just watch shit TV. No. I try not to now. I'm better. I'm a better person. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you know what it is. At the same time, we're kind of being judgy because some people will watch this week in, week yeah, out because yeah. they enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've never watched Love Island apart from the, sort of the odd thing that comes up on sort of reels or things like that. You mm -hmm. go, just fuck off. Um, I think it's almost like it's almost replaced the Britain's Got Talent X Factor thing where people watched it for the the people who were awful who couldn't sing and that sort of just mm -hmm. that sort of being able to judge someone and have that um, uh, yeah that that sort of car crash moment of being able to sort of say right you know I watch people on Love Island being being idiots and not behaving well because that's I don't know if that sits that hits the same sort of receptors as the uh -huh. the people on X Factor who weren't great at what they were doing but still just going for it. It's mad that because those those shows gave everyone the opportunity to be a judge, didn't they? Yeah. Everyone, yeah, yeah. everybody. I cringe sometimes, you know, when your memories come up on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And you say what you've wrote, and I was well into Big Brother and I was well into X Factor, and the X Factor comments that I used to write on Facebook, like, <laughs> hell. Like, I yeah. get hauled over the calls now. Yeah, and it, it, it does, it's a, it, it, you see some of it, and it just, certainly with some of the Instagram and Twitter stuff where you can be anonymous and just, post this this drivel people it just it just brings out the very worst in, mm -hmm. in some people and, and I, I think when you're a kid you think oh, it would be lovely to be famous and then now you think fuck off I could never ever put myself through that and just mm -hmm. have that weight of expectation and people labeling you or just judging everything that you do yeah it must be must be awful
I think it's one of those things we we worry now. Like even just posting advert yeah, videos yeah, out yeah, or doing yeah. this, it's like, I wonder if anyone's whacking a label on me. Like, oh, is it positive? Is it negative? What yeah. do people actually think? Yeah. Do I want to keep going with it? Do I not? Well, I'm enjoying it, so I do. But at the same time, it's like, oh, people are judgy. Oh, so so judgy. Like, yeah. But yeah, I auditioned for the X Factor. Did you know did that? You? Yeah, I did. I didn't get through, oh. obviously. But no, because I remember at the time, my ex said, what, what do you actually want to get from it? Do you actually want to be famous? And it was like, it wasn't about being famous, it was because I liked singing. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. But I, I, didn't, I didn't even think about it. Of like, oh, I might end up famous. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, nowadays, people are doing these things just to become famous. Yeah. And that's, that's the only thing that matters. It's, you know, it's being able to then be, you know, selling whatever they can on Instagram and just, you know, it's that notoriety that they're after rather than actually doing it for a for a purpose mm -hmm. you know if i was ever if someone said you know would you would you want to be famous it's like no I just, mm -hmm. if i'm happy doing what i can what i'm doing if i do it well then that should be enough just to, to get yourself through it rather yeah. than just trying to live up to someone else's standard i think some people want to be famous because they want the money yeah and they think that that's the answer to everything yeah yeah when it's not in reality no no you can you know i'm sure people who have to sort of go through that influencer lifestyle, they must work their absolute socks off to be able to set everything up, work for themselves and just push themselves forward. Yes, they might get an amazing amount of money, but just the stress they must go through to, to, get, to get to that point and maintain mm -hmm. that, you know, not just their physique, but their, just the image that they're portraying. It must, oh, there's, there's, there's easier, there must be easier ways to make a living than, mm -hmm. than that. It's like everything. I mean, social media is hard work as yeah, it is. Yeah. Even just advertising the gyms is hard work and people don't think about how much goes into the daily posts and yeah, all that carry yeah, on. Yeah. And then you think these influencers who they're generally reviewing all of these different products all of the time, and then there's the ones that do the makeup and all the rest yeah. of it. And it's like, it is, it's a, as scary as it sounds, that is a full-time job. Taking photos yeah. of yourself, yeah. taking yeah. videos of yourself is a full-time job. Yeah, yeah. And it's nuts. And, and having to be constantly performing and having that sort of thing right you know I think if you're putting yourself out there and taking pictures and videos then you've got to be so confident in your appearance and how you look so if there's any blemishes or you're not quite feeling it that day then you can suddenly then is that gonna how does that affect the rest of your working life if I if I have a, have a bad hair day or you know don't feel um, sort of body confident I know I can still go into the office and perform my job to the best of my abilities because it doesn't mm -hmm. doesn't matter but yeah oh god yeah because then it hits, it, it, it hits that interesting point, though, when, when we're talking about do you want to be famous, and then some of these people want to be famous, so they go on these programmes like Love Island. Yeah. And I'm absolutely terrible for names, and I've never watched Love Island, but there was that guy who had a complete meltdown, <laughs> and everyone was like, oh... Like, why, why has he had this meltdown? And then he end, he, 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 did he commit suicide in the end? There was there have been a few cases in the past, I think, yeah, they have people, yeah. people who, yeah. And there's like all of these different levels and then these people go through that and then some people, I think probably me included said, but he wanted to be on that TV show, he wanted to put himself out there, he wanted to be famous and then he couldn't hope, cope with it. Yeah, it must, yeah. I think you sort of see with a lot of these things, like if you, if you look at any like professional footballer or sports person or um, influence and things like that, you, all you see is the end product. You mm -hmm. don't see the graft and everything that goes into it and the, the sacrifices they have to make and things like that. 
and probably now the, the negative comments that, that come with it and mm -hmm. just having that mental fortitude to not take it on a chin, but just either ignore it or, or work your way past it. And I guess people sort of see, you know, they, they see the, the money, the, the fame and the fortune and that sort of stuff and think that's, that's all it is. It's just, you know, a couple of funny DJ, sh DJ slots and yeah. selling some teeth whiteners and that's, and that's great. But actually it's, yeah, there's a, a more to it. And yeah, I think they almost need to come with a health warning when you sign up again, you know, this is, you know, some of the ex contestants going through some of their, their social media replies and comments and DMs going, you know, this is what to expect. This is what, this is normal. This is what mm -hmm. you, what you will get and trying to just prepare them and saying, you know, is this actually what you, what you want? Is the, is the money and the sort of the Z list celebrity status worth it for, mm -hmm. for all that pain? Um, yeah. Cause then there was a, was it, there's a Miss, Miss Britain or Miss UK who went on it and then was sort of banned from that competition because, you know, she had a relationship on, on Love Island. And you think, Christ, you know, it's the most natural thing in the world is to have a relationship. Yes, it's on TV, which maybe isn't natural, but yeah, it just, it's crazy. It's just, yeah, yeah. No, I, I wouldn't. I've got, I've got friends who are in the public eye, and you just, I, you almost feel sorry for them because everything they do, there will be a Daily Mail article about mm -hmm. it, no matter how minute it may be. There is, yeah. there is something on, on, on Daily Mail. I, I posted a picture of me and a friend from school because you know I, I found this picture. But both of us were about thirteen. We looked really cute, and then. <laughs> Two weeks later, it was on the Daily Mail, and I had to then ring my mate and go, "I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't, yeah. I didn't leak that photo." You know, they've gone onto my Facebook, taken the picture, and then written a, a story about it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and then you know, it's, it's on. I managed to get the photo taken off the Daily Mail. I argued with the uh, the press regulation people, but my name is still attributed on this piece about my mate, and that will be there forever. Oh. And I had to, yeah, just go to him, and thankfully, you know, he's had to live with it for years. And he's like, no, it's fine. I, I didn't think you'd do that anyway. Not, you're not that sort of person. But, you know, I still had to go, look, I'm sorry. You know. It could have been so different. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Could, have, could have fallen out over it. Exactly. Or, you know, yeah, he could have assumed that I'd try to make a, a quick buck off his name and, and go from there. But, yeah, it's just... And that sort of opened my eyes and think, Christ, you know, that's how... There are people just watching his social media and then just writing stories about it. Just, it may be the most mundane thing in the world, and that's a two-page thing on the Daily Mail. Wow. That's, that's, that's his life. That's normal. Mm -hmm. It's awful. So we've covered, covered a few topics there. Yeah. So I want to really hone in on a particular label that you find interesting. Interesting. Um, or, have a, or have an opinion on. I'm not sure. Um, I'm trying to think of what's for the ones that have been covered before and not just, just <laughs> repeat yeah. what's been what's been done. Um, I don't know. I guess... Did, when I first joined RT, did you have any sort of... Try to throw it back. <laughs> any, Tom did that. <laughs> did I have any labels for you? Not really. Oh, fair enough. That's, it. that's, that's that one done then. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was sort of... Um, no, I... Because were, pri were you privately educated? Yes. And I don't think I'd ever got that vibe from you. And that sort of, I suppose, makes it sound like I get a vibe from people who have been privately educated. <laughs> but you do sometimes, though, don't you? Yeah. Get this yeah. vibe. I, I, I really annoy Sophia if I put on, like, a really 
posh voice mm -hmm. and just play up to that stereotype of sort of public school wanker. Mm -hmm. um, I guess that, that's a label I've sort of gone through a bit, you know, going to a, a sort of a big boarding school and then sort of living in that almost Victorian bubble where mm -hmm. everything you do is surrounded by history and, you know, the, the people who you're around, they're not, they're not, it's not normal life. You know, mm -hmm. the, the, the sort of the, the people who are there, I think it's different now, but it's, it's gone even, it's gone even worse, but you know, you're paying a significant sum of money to be educated at this, this boarding school. And so the people around you are, you know, the wealthy, the, their parents are wealthy. And then you, so you have this sort of, sort of outlook on life, which isn't really normal. And right. you, you think well, what you think is normal isn't, is not, is not normal. So mm -hmm. when I, when I left that, that system, I then worked in a, in a genetics lab in Newmarket and very, very quickly, I sort of realized how oh, shit there's, there's, there's this whole world out there, which you have no idea, you know, you just not, it's not that you're not aware of it. You just, you know, it's just very, very different to how you've interacted with adults and teachers and people, you know, your friends, parents and things like that. And suddenly, you, you know, you, you say things that you feel are quite normal or, you know, experiences that you have or do or the, the way you live your life is sort of what you would class as normal as an 18 year old. And suddenly you're going, actually, no, this isn't, yeah. I've got to try and not, not hide it. I've you know, never try and hide who I am or make excuses for it. But um, suddenly you're going, oh Christ, I've got to actually, you know, if I act like this the rest of my life, I'm just a twat. Right. <laughs> and that, you know, that, I think that experience really changed my, my outlook on life and the way I, I sort of interact with people because yeah, it's just. So do you feel when you came out of boarding school yeah. that you were a bit of a twat? Oh yeah. So So what was normal for you then? Like what did you deem to be normal? I think the the, the, the bit where I sort of I saw people's eyes widen um, and just go, fuck. So both my parents are lawyers. We lived in a nice part of North London. Um, when they bought the house, the housing market wasn't what it is now. And by the time we'd left our house, the value of the house had gone up five times. So it was, it was in the millions. And so when, when I was talking with someone over lunch and just with, they, they were, I my parents were putting the house up for sale, they were buying a house. And we were sort of chatting about that. And I said, oh yeah, my, my parents are saying their house, it's going for yeah. this. Mm -hmm. And you can see them just going, right, okay we're looking at one and it's, you know, in the hundreds of thousands, not yeah. millions. And then you sort of, as I sort of got on further and, you know, I was taking a gap here, I was traveling, I was spending, you know, a good amount of money on experiences. And then suddenly you're, you're seeing them just going, who is this? You know, they haven't got a grip on reality and how much. <laughs> I think, ah, oh, my face yeah. is just in it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, you know, so, you know, I was, I'm, you know, I'm extremely lucky to have had the experiences I've had and being able to travel and you know take a year between school and university and spend nine months of that traveling um, without really having to sort of pay my way through it um, and you know I'm incredibly lucky to have parents that were supportive in that way and just you know really pushed me to have those experiences and I think through having certainly working in the genetics lab I learned so much about just real life and mm -hmm. you know at school you've got people whose parents have super yachts and 
you know, when, when, they, when they get picked up from school, it's just the most incredible car park. And that's just, that's, that's normal. Um, you know, houses abroad and amazing ski holidays and summer holidays uh -huh. and Easter holidays. And, you know, everyone's got everything. Yeah. And that's just, that's normal. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly you sort of, you, you, go, you go out of that bubble and you realize that that's not, because that's all you know. Yeah. You know, for five years at boarding school, that's all, you, that's all you really know. And you go on holidays with these people and you do that. So that's all you ever see. Yeah. And then suddenly it's like, you know, there's people who, who haven't had that opportunity. And then you've got to try and, you know, check your privilege and sort of go, actually, you know, I'm not being, I'm not trying to show off. I'm not trying to sort of say, oh, you know, I'm so much better. Yeah. But, you know, trying to be honest about what you're doing and not trying to hide that, that uh -huh. element of your life. But, yeah, you sort of see it's not, it's just not normal. Yeah. Um, and I think I learned so much in that year about how, you know, people from different walks of life and different places and trying to sort of just not be, trying not to live up to that public school wanker sort of, mm -hmm. um, that label that, you know, we all probably had. Yeah. You know, the sort of, you know, the people who go down to the sort of, not that I ever did, but, you know, the King's Road and Sloan Square and those sort of made in Chelsea people, you know, that was the sort of the bubble. Right. That, you know, we were, we were in. And that's that's normal. Wow. It's and it's yeah. So it's it's nice to hear that I'm not. <laughs> I wasn't so sort of painted with that brush <laughs> when I walked in here. No, um, not not at all, not at all. And I mean, when I did when I did obviously find out that you went to private school, I was like, eh, right, okay. So then then it then it then did plant that sort of posh seed yep. of like, oh well, right, okay. <laughs> but no, clearly you've been able to sort of recognize that in yourself and yeah that's quite a skill really because if you've lived that for so long and always thought that's normal the amount of people that must come out of those situations yeah i mean i think, I think it helped that i so i went and worked in the genetics lab straight after school without any school friends there so i was on on my own and again having to sort of come out of myself and just be a person and you know not sort of limit my, you know, there were times when I was younger, I wasn't very confident. So I had to then suddenly just flip that on its head and go, right, I've just got to, I've got to be confident. There's no mm -hmm. other way to do it. Just, just go. Mm -hmm. um, and not having the pressure of people around you and not having that safety net of, you know, I can do this for a bit and then go back to mm -hmm. my, my safety zone of, you know, poshness. <laughs> and then when I went traveling, I was with, you know, one or two friends at a time and we were, always as part of a, a wider group. So you were always with other people and you weren't just staying together thick as thieves and just, you know, trying to not, not change. So that, that experience was great just to be able to, um, sorry, just to sort of, yes, just meet, meet other people and learn other experiences and try to just see life for, for what it is and uh -huh. how different people have got to, got to where they're going. Do you ever feel like some people can't say past that? Yeah. Do you feel like people sometimes look at you and say, oh, well, you haven't got a clue what life is like. Yeah. And basically when you're talking to me about real life, oh, you haven't yeah, got a yeah. full grasp of and, it. And I'm massive, even, even now I'm thinking, and part of this is the thing of the way I, my, my brain works, is like how, how dare I com complain about, or not complain, but sort of bring it up as a thing, like, you know, it was hard to get past it. And people might go, well, you were privately educated, da, 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 so, you know, what, what right do you have to try and, complain about it but I think trying to sort of move forward and trying just to you know mm -hmm. 
live a normal life. Um, you know, I, you know the, the bank of mum and dad is, is long gone. You know, I'm, I'm trying to set myself out on my own feet and trying mm -hmm. to sort of do as much as I can for myself. You know, yes, there is help here and there, but, you know, it's... It's crazy that how you felt, how you felt that way, like how, how dare you talk about yeah. that and say it was hard or anything like that. But do, do you ever think, do you know when you think of the word privileged and people will always talk about privilege as a big thing, white privilege, check yeah. your privilege, yeah. do this, yeah. do yeah. this, yeah. do this. And it always makes you feel like you shouldn't, you shouldn't acknowledge or talk about something that was completely natural to you. Yeah and completely normal for you in the process that you've gone through. Like, you're apologising for it, but actually, like, you yeah. should never have to apologise no, for no. it. No, and yeah. Like, yes, you did have a completely different upbringing. Yeah. But you've recognised that, and you haven't just... It blows me mind yeah. that people I, have to apologise for who I, they I are. Sort of, yeah, I get very self-conscious when people sort of... I, I was at a, a wedding recently, and... Um, someone came over and said, oh, you're James, you're the posh one. <laughs> I was just like, great, nice to meet you too. Uh -huh. <laughs> I had nothing to say after that, because I was like, I don't know how to either, either live up to that expectation of you thinking I'm posh, or to try and just move past that. And then we had this sort of very awkward conversation for five minutes about the wedding, and then I was like, see ya. See you later. And yeah, it's <laughs> just like, right, okay. Um, You're the posh one. And yeah, so I'd, I'd never try and ap apologise for where I've been and what I've done. Obviously, if I've done things that are wrong, then definitely. But um, yeah, you know, when I was when I was eleven or twelve, my parents, you know, I had to move. My school ended at thirteen, so I moved into secondary school at that point. My parents said, "Well, do you want to stay? Do you want to stay in London and go to a London London day school, or there's these few two or three boarding schools just outside of London?" do you want to go to one of those? And at the time, I was very sporty. I, I still enjoy my sport. And I thought, well, a London day school, I'm, it's going to be more academic. I'm not going to be able to play as much sport. I love my rugby, I love my hockey and athletics. And when I went to see the boarding schools, you know, we had, I think we had like six or seven football pitches, eight or 10 rugby pitches, three hockey fields, an athletics track, an Olympic-sized pool. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Sport was just there and for me then my eyes lit up and went you know well yes i'll get my education but i'll also have you know i was playing sport seven days a week yeah you know playing yeah and that for me that was that was what i wanted to do it wasn't because i felt that i needed to go to boarding school to live up to or to, to be posh or mm -hmm. to sort of doing that for me it was just well it's either a day school with sport maybe once a week or i live in a school where I can just open my open the front door of the house and I'm on a playing field yeah. and we can play football until 10 o'clock at night and we can just yeah. do all that. And that was and that was it for me. Because that's the thing, that was a completely normal teenage response yeah. to a situation. Yeah. Yes, the choices might have been better than what other people have been given a choice, but that was just a choice that was presented to you and yeah. you've gone, yeah. I'll have a bit of that. Yeah, and because you're 12, 13, at that when the sort of, I had to do my exams and you get into it and then you have to say, well, yes, I do want to go to that school. And then you have no idea what money is at that point. Mm -hmm. you, know, I, I, you know, my parents are very good at just sort of, you know, okay, it's good, bad. It took me a long time to realize just how much money was spent on, on that. Yeah. And, you know, it was never, my parents never went, well, if you do this, it's going to cost this, which means we can do that. Or if you do that, it's going to cost a bit more. So it means this is going to be different. Yeah. It was just, 
here are your choices. Yeah. Take it, take whichever one you want. And we want the best for you. So whatever you, get, whatever you feel the happiest doing, mm -hmm. go for it. And that was, that's always what there's, you know, throughout life, they've been really good at just not having, they've got expectations for me, but they, they'd say, well, you know, if you're enjoying it and you're doing what you want to do and you're sort of surviving and thriving, then that's the most we could ever want for our child, yeah. for our children. So just, you know, as long as you enjoy it, crack on. So that was the, yeah. that was the choice. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, but it was, um, it was a great experience. There were some awful parts of being at boarding school, but yeah, yeah. I can imagine, I've heard stories. It, it wasn't so much <laughs> the sort of, I think it's just, you know, when you're living at school, you know, if you take any school environment of, you know, um, the pecking order that there is, the sort of the, the, the social ladder and that sort of stuff, and it's just multiplied because you can't escape it. Mm -hmm. So anything that's happened is under this microscope. So if, if you do something wrong, then the whole school will know about it within five minutes. Right. And you've got to live with that. It's, you know, it's not quite as bad as the sort of social media now because nothing's recorded, nothing's on paper, but just that sort of just that gossip mill yeah. just goes into overtime. So if ever, you know, oh, do you hear about such and such and such and such and what they got up to and it's boomf. The whole school knows. Yeah. yeah. So but it's then kinda of like being a celebrity at school. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All the wrong, all the wrong things people talk about. Exactly. And yeah, it, it, yeah. it stays with you, doesn't it? Yeah. When it goes around, when anything goes around school, it stays yeah. with you for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And I think through that uh, sort of the confidence thing, like you, I sort of cottoned on very early that the less, not the less that I did, but you know, if I didn't raise my head above the parapet and I didn't sort of put myself up for that ridicule, then I'd have an easier time at it. Mm -hmm. And you, you saw kids who were caught doing something they shouldn't be doing or you know, said something that we all say things that maybe are a bit stupid or you open up about life that you, and then suddenly that's used as ammunition and that's yeah. then, that's you, you know, it's the nickname, it's constant, you know the teachers know about it, everyone, yeah. and it's just, that's it. Mm -hmm. You're never gonna escape it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So did you have any of them at school or not? Any what? Of those moments? Yeah, a couple. Yeah. And did you have to just live with it throughout? Yeah. I won't ask you what they are, because that's a whole new kettle of fish, that one. <laughs> yeah, I think I messaged you after John's episode because his school life where he was very quiet and subdued and not passive, but just, you know, it just his, it sounded like his confidence was really hit by his teachers calling him quiet and mm -hmm. things like that. I think a lot of my school reports were the same, you know, it's, you know, quiet kid needs to speak up more, obviously intelligent, but just needs to get that, get that confidence. And I'd always have these sort of mad moments throughout school where suddenly, uh, yeah, the pressure would build up and I'd just do something just idiotic and then go back to being sort of a bit quiet and then just sort of, just sort of build up and then boom, mm -hmm. just sort of bits and yeah. Yeah, so there were a couple of moments which weren't, weren't great. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one of those where I nearly said boys will be boys. Yeah. <laughs> and just stick yeah. a label on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, I, can, I can well imagine, I've heard yeah. plenty of stories, but then, yeah. then you wonder how many of these stories are actually real. Because I think when you don't go to boarding school or private school or anything, you have this preconceived idea yeah. as to yeah. what they get up to. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing, nothing as bad as I think it has been in the past with sort of the, the, the boarding school behavior. I think, you know, a long time ago, well, 70s, 80s, it probably wasn't the best place to be and certainly there are a lot of safety guards in place when we were at school. So if if people were getting sort of physically bullied and things like that, then there were, you know, checks in place to make sure that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. It's not to say that, you know, 
you never saw it happen and we, you know, we didn't get into scrapes and things like that. But um, yeah, there was certainly, there was nothing, nothing too bad, nothing sort of properly illegal mm -hmm. or anything like that. I, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, like, I remember like the first week we were there, the people in the, sort of the, the top, the top year sort of bundled into our dorm at night, grabbed two of us, taken into a room, given a big comedy boxing glove each and just told to fight. Oh, lovely. And that was that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there was so those, those, you know, the massive sort of giant yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. So you weren't actually going to hurt each other. It was just yeah. sort of one person had the right, one person had the left, and you just sort of waved it around and a bit of a laugh, and uh -huh. that, was, that was that. But yeah. Huh. Mad. Yeah. Can't imagine. Like, I can't imagine that happening. Like, yeah. That's so far removed from. Yeah. Mad. But, so yeah. to wrap up then, because <laughs> I've taken quite a bit of your time. Oh, no, that's fine. Um, if there was one label in the world you could see eradicated, never, never seen again, what would it be and why? I think I have to go back to that sort of lad. I think there's, there's so many sort of certainly male, rising male behaviours that are just hidden behind that lad mm -hmm. title that I think that is, yeah. For me, it's that sort of behavioural pattern that you see some people going through and feeling as if they, ha have, they have to act in a certain way and it's almost like a, uh, an aspirational title of, you know, I want to be this thing. I think mm -hmm. it's, yeah, from, from seeing kids interacting in the streets and sort of being at clubs or bars and just seeing the way that some people act around each other, you just think, you know, just... I don't know, so I'm getting old. It's just, just calm down. Just, you know, <laughs> you know you, it, it, I don't think it's as much about getting old, but you do, you do start to reflect and you see things yeah. in younger, like kids and that as well. And you think, oh, was I like that when I was a kid? Or yeah. I wish I could teach you things that I know now. Yeah, and just, yeah, to say, you know, just, it doesn't, it just doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Just be nice, be, be happy, enjoy being out without having to make it into this, thing or trying to sort of yeah yeah it's just yeah I think I think yeah that sort of that lad culture I just yeah get in the bin yeah yeah cool well thank you very much <laughs> for your right. time James you for it's been me. lovely it's been good yeah really nice. it's been a good catch-up as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah thank you very much that's all right that's all right mm.